Thank you, Pastor. Good morning, everybody. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, indeed we do pray that your kingdom would come and your will would be done right in this room, right in this neighborhood, right in this city, right in this region as it is in heaven. From you to us, through us, to the people around us that need you and your love so badly. We pray this and look forward to your instruction in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, uh, loved the, the worship music, uh, especially, that, oh, I love both of them, but the, the first one, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your heart, blah, 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 blah. Uh, have, you ever, have you ever asked yourself, uh, where, does, where does all this love come from that I'm supposed to love them back so hard? Where does this love come from? And the answer is, love comes from God. You see, before we love God back, we need to fully believe and receive and be convinced of the love he has for us. 1 John 4, 19 says, we love because he first loved us, right? Yeah. Uh, earlier in that same chapter, it says, this is love, not that we love God, but that God loves us and gave us a son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. That means that he gave Jesus to die on the cross and rise again. It's a sacrifice, that kind of love. And then he goes on and says, now that we have been so loved, let us now go and love others. That what? This love may be made complete. So it starts with love, starts with God. God loves you. And then how do we respond? Well, love him back. He loves you with all he's got. And he said, love me back too. Not as a word of law, not as a rule, not as a religion, but because you will be most fulfilled that way. Freely, deeply, receive it. It's yours whether you freely, deeply receive it or not. You might as well enjoy it. <laughs> okay, you're going to be that way. All right. <laughs> but freely receive it, and then what? Freely offer it. You say, well, well, doesn't Jesus also say, love your neighbor as yourself? You're like, yeah, that, that kind of puts it all together. That's what John, when he said that this love may be made complete, that's what he was getting at. Jesus said, if you want to kind of sum up all the Bible, the Bible is really not that complicated, he said to the Pharisees, who were trying to make it very complicated. He said, it's really very simple. Uh, here's, here's a, God loves you, love God back, love your neighbor as yourself. Any questions? Any questions? And so, let me just ask this question. What if he meant that? <laughs> right? What if he didn't say, uh, love God, love your neighbor, uh, so that we would just study it, or memorize it, or even sing about it, as well as that, uh, as blessed as we were by that. All that's good, right? Study it, yeah, you gotta, you gotta get it clear, you gotta understand it. Sing about it, absolutely. Receive it, oh yes, oh yes, but then what? Then it's time for us at some point to get up off our chairs. <laughs> I always like to see people get a little nervous at first. Yeah, after all the studying, the singing, and the receiving, then it's time for us to get up off our chairs and head out the door. And while Jesus wants us to be uh, beneficiaries of his love and grace, he wants us to study it and understand it and, and, and love him back for it, he also wants us to become his followers. Hey, you. Come follow me. 
Let's go out and start to look for folks who need a little bit of what we have in abundance. And so when we talk about joining Jesus on his mission, where are we at here? Oh, oh shucks, I gave away the fun stuff. All right, let's go back. Joining Jesus on his mission. That's what he's inviting us into. He's like, remember that you're loved, and remember your purpose is to now go love people. But I know that you don't know what that looks like just yet, so you come follow me. Right? Jesus is inviting us not into a game of hide, or not hide and seek, <laughs> not that either. He's not inviting us into a game of follow the leader, but into a training process. He's like, I know you don't know what you're doing yet. I know you're a, a rookie. All right? I know you fish for a living. I know you're a tax collector for a living. I know you do what you do for a living. You go to school. You do all these things. I know that, and that's good, but I want you to become fishers of men. I want you to learn how to pay attention to people in those places where I'm putting you, whether it's where you work, whether you, where you live, where you go to school. Come follow me, and I will show you how to recapture people with this delightful little thing called kindness. With this delightful little thing called encouragement. With this delightful little thing called laughter. With this delightful little thing called grace. With this delightful little thing called a listening ear. With this delightful little thing called hospitality. In other words, love put into play. Not just memorizing the verse that has it in it. Not just thinking about it. That's all good. But Jesus says, love your neighbor because he needs your neighbor being loved. <laughs> Make sense? If you say yes, I'll stop. No, I'm just getting going. Sorry, I'm a false, false hope. All right? So, so you ready to go? You ready to go love people? And uh, we will see this community light up. Because here's the problem. Most people go to church, freely receive, go home, and then that's it till we see you next week. Don't forget the donuts. And so all the people out there are benefited very little from all the people in here. And not just this church, every church in the community. Every church in the community, they're receiving the good stuff of God in their gatherings, and it is good, it is good. Freely receive, freely receive. And then we go home. We don't freely give. And then nothing happens. And then we're surprised. It's like we all get a, a, a pebble in our pocket, and we all go to the edge of the pond, and, and you know what will happen if you take the pebble in your pocket, take it out, and put it in the water, what's going to happen? Ripples, right? But the only thing that actually makes ripples is, is if the pebble actually gets in the water. Well, God gives you the pebble of his love every single time. And we go home, we got it in our pocket. We know exactly what will happen if we actually throw it in. <laughs> but we don't. And there's no ripples. And we wonder why our community is going the way it is. Well, I got news for you. It's because the church has settled for going to church rather than being the church. We got a little selfish. We got a little greedy. We get loved. You don't get loved. Does that sound biblical to you? Huh? The answer is no. Does that sound biblical to you? No. no. And so we're, when we're doing unbiblical things, the only smart thing to do is what? Repent. <laughs> Everybody stop laughing. Oh, boy. Don't you see, though, how that's good news? Repent isn't, y'all should feel bad. Repent is, oh, we got something much better than what we're settling for. 
Did you read it? Jesus said, come follow me, right? And what he said, come follow me into, was that the time has come, the kingdom of God has gotten in to West Lake. He then says, repent, that is, turn your mind around and believe the good news. The time for waiting and waiting and waiting for God to do something's over. God's on the loose in Westlake. And now he says, come follow me. I want to show you how to participate in what God's already doing out there. Come follow me. I know you don't know what you're doing. That's why I need you to get up off your chairs and come with me. Join me on my mission. So, uh, like, like I said, now you already saw this, so not, not going to be as funny, but how do you all feel now? <laughs> You're still a little terrified, are you? Yeah. Well, that's okay, uh, because we are probably all fired up about things that we really have no reason to be all nervous and anxious about. Uh, my wife and I, we go to hundreds of churches. We've worked with tens of thousands of people. And most of the time, most of our anxiety comes from having something very simple but very important precisely backwards. Let me put it this way. How, quick show of hands. How many of you think God is smarter than you? Just a quick show of hands. Oh, very good. Hey, the first service, there was only like a 70-30 split. You guys, <laughs> no, every, everybody, was, they got that too. They got that right. Yeah, of course God's smarter than us. He's too smart to send us out to do something we categorically cannot do, right? I can't, I can't save people. I'm Lutheran. I know I can't even save myself, right? I can't convert people. I can't convince people. I can't solve all their problems. That's above my pay grade. That is hard work. That is heavy lifting. That is such hard work. That is such heavy lifting. It requires a son of God. And God's smart enough to send a son of God to do the work that requires a son of God. And his name is? That's right. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're not Jesus. They need to hear this. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're not Jesus. Some of you are enjoying that way too much. Yeah, everybody, take a, everybody take a deep breath. I absolve you from being the savior of the world. Yeah, you're not in charge of results. You're not in charge at all. Jesus does all the heavy lifting. Jesus saves people, redeems, restores people, readies people, ripens people for who? For us. You see, he gives us a very small thing to do. He does all the hard stuff, and then he says, come follow me, come join me on my mission, and I'm going to give you something so simple that even a little child can do it. Of course, there's the, there's the rub. <laughs> Unless you change and become like a little child, you won't want to. But then you're a perfect candidate for what we talked about before. Repent. <laughs> Get over yourself and come follow me and start loving people. Be a reason they start experiencing a little kindness, goodness, laughter, joy, hospitality, a.k.a. love. Be the reason that they come home and their day is a little lighter. Not because you took on their burdens, that's Jesus' job, but because you offered them something that they need as badly as you do. Someone noticing, someone caring, someone listening, someone encouraging. Could you imagine if that wasn't just something we talked about endlessly on Sunday, but participated in day after day during the week? Woo, this would be a fun community to live in. It's going to be we're going to actually start to do it. So we're going to talk, and we talked about this in our training, three simple little assignments. They're right out of the Bible. We're stealing it right out of the Bible. 
and they are very much within our reach. And we want to just start to take these next several months to discover, that's why we call it discovery, discover what happens when we actually do three simple things. Seek the kingdom, love our neighbor, and spur each other on. Let's walk through those real quickly. Uh, seek the kingdom. Seeking the kingdom is not just a Bible verse. Seek first the kingdom of God. That was actually an instruction in how to live. Jesus was saying, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things that you're worried about will be added to you as well. We'll figure that out. But look for what the king is doing. Seek first the kingdom means look for what the king is already up to. Look for what Jesus is already doing. The time has come. The kingdom of God is on the loose in West Lake. Get your brain around that. Believe the good news and start looking for what he's done. Now, the question, of course, is what, what are we looking for when we're looking, <laughs> right? Uh, what are we looking for? And it's really simple. Go back to your, the Gospels, follow Jesus around. What was Jesus looking for? He wasn't saying, go get him, tiger. Go look for the kingdom. He was like, come follow me. I know you don't know what you're doing, so watch me and imitate me. And what did Jesus do? He looked for what the Father had prepared. He wasn't making stuff up. He wasn't making stuff happen. Most of the time, he was being interrupted, if you want to know the truth, right? Jesus is trying to go here, so here comes somebody. He's trying to go there, so here comes somebody. Kind of like your days, huh? But he started to understand those were the times when the Father was setting things up. It's kind of like what we talked about in, well, not we didn't, but we read about it in, in Ephesians chapter 2. We got the eight, 8 and 9 part down. We like 8 and 9, right? For we are saved by grace through faith, and this not of ourselves is a gift of God, lest any man should boast. Woo-hoo! Right? As Lutherans, we love that because that tells us very clearly how we are saved. And we have focused on that like a laser beam for 505 years. <laughs> and it's a good thing. We want to keep that straight. How are we saved? By grace through faith alone. Woo! Wow, you people are hard to get excited. Uh, it might be because you're bored, and not just by me. But after 505 years, don't you already know the answer? You're saved by grace through faith alone. And after 505 years of focusing on that like a laser beam, we got a little fuzzy, not on the how we're saved. We got to keep that straight, but on the why we're saved. And if you aren't quite sure why you're saved, then you probably do the math and think, well, I'm baptized, I'm saved, I'm in. I guess I'll go to church, sit on the bench, run out the clock till I die and go to heaven. Does that sound biblical? Come on. This will go faster if you answer faster. Could have been half done already if you guys would have participated. No, that's not biblical. But the good news is, Paul, you know what's right after verse 9? Verse 10. Yes, somebody, I, always somebody says it. That's, that's right, verse 10. And it says in verse 10, right, by grace, through faith alone. And then Paul says, now you are God's workmanship. That means he did all that work of gracing you and faithing you and saving you for a reason. That we would be recreated in Jesus. For what purpose? To do the good the Father prepared in advance for us to do. So when we're going out, what are we looking for? Well, we are looking for the good the Father prepared in advance for us to do. It's that simple. You don't have to manufacture it. You don't have to have a big plan. You just got to keep your eyes open. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek and you will. Yeah. That wasn't a Bible verse. That wasn't a lyric in a song. That was an inside scoop from Jesus. 
Look for it, you'll see it. Look for the folks who need a little kindness, need a little laughter, need a little, a cup of coffee and, and 10 more minutes. They're right there. You just have gotten used to ignoring them. You've even, you've even given yourself lots of reasons to ignore them. I'm so busy. No, you're distracted. You're living for lesser things. You're bored, silly, and probably exhausted too. Didn't, Jesus didn't say seek, for, uh, seek last the kingdom of God, get all that other stuff done first. Well, that's how you live a lesser, unfulfilled, exhausted life. Sound familiar? Seek first the kingdom. Look for folks who need a little bit of what you got. Go out with the confidence that I can't fix it, I can't solve it, but I can offer you a little of what I got. Look them in the eye. Smile. Encourage. Those that are being ostracized, pushed aside, stand alongside them, not in some kind of big puffed up way, but in a way that helps them feel valued, of worth. You can do this. You just start a little out of practice. And that's why over the next six months, we're going to start getting good at this. Seeking the kingdom. Looking for folks who need a little bit of what we got. And then what are we going to do? Well, we're going to love them. Love your neighbor. <laughs> you know, again, well, what if Jesus meant that? <laughs> well, he did. He did. Now, here's what you need to know. Here's what you need to know. We underestimate the love of God. But how many of you like superhero movies? Oh, for heaven's sakes. Come on, people. You got to get out more. Marvel movies, DC movies, right? Wonder Woman, Superman, uh, Avengers, and all the... Yeah, uh, now, I, I don't want to upset anybody, but you do realize that when you're watching those movies, all the superpowers are fake. <laughs> I, I know it can be painful, right? But somebody thought it up, wrote it, and then acted it, right? And it's fun to watch. But I got news for you. You have a bona fide, no fooling superpower. Let me tell you, if something comes from God, and in fact is God, if something is able to change a human being from the inside out, not your fussing, not your uh, shaming, not your passive aggressiveness, none of that works, not your anger, not your law, doesn't change a thing. Part of the problem. If you want to see a human being actually be changed from the inside out, offer him a little God's love. God's love is your superpower. And many of you don't know this because you use it so sparingly. You only love people that are lovable. You love your family. Okay, they're not always lovable, but you love your family. You love your church family. And then everybody else, you're on your own. But if you're giving the superpower to people that already got it, you're not going to see big results. But if you start to look for people who are living as those who are not loved, who think they are not worthy of love, think they have not received love, think that people don't love them, and you start to do it, don't zap them with it. But a little bit, a cool cup of water, a little bit, day by day, because they're your neighbor, they're your coworker, they're in school with you, a little bit, little bit, little bit, like seeds. You will see sprouts. You will see the love of God work in a way that nothing else does. God's love is your superpower. 
Let's say God's love is my superpower. Let's all say it together. One, two, three. God's love is my superpower, but only works if you use it. So we're going to get used to using it. And one of the best ways to use it, especially with those that are already around us, is by doing what Jesus did. Jesus accepted and practiced hospitality. In Luke 15, it says that Jesus was known. They were fussing at him because he was a friend of sinners and ate with them. And Jesus says, the reason I'm a friend of sinners and eat with them is how I find lost sheep. It's how I find lost coins. It's how I find lost people. Luke 15, that's what, that's what most of the chapter is about. Lost uh, sheep, lost coin, lost son. We love those stories. And the reason Jesus tells those stories is to explain why he's welcoming sinners and eating with them. Because if you share some food, you share some laughs, you share some stories, and you repeat that cycle over time, friendship forms. Is it easier to talk with somebody who's a friend than it is to talk with a complete stranger? Who's most likely going to talk to you, a complete stranger or a friend? And so, friends, it's not that tricky, right? God's love is your superpower when we use it, <laughs> especially with people that are already there on a regular basis. Friendship starts to form, and the conversations start to happen, and they share with you things that are real, and they're uh, happening, and you can offer them that cool cup of water. You can't solve it. You can't save them. You can't... Uh, uh, fix everything, but you can be that person, and I'm letting you know because y'all are not my first rodeo. That when simple folks like us do simple things like that, the conversations start to happen. And they're not asking big, complicated theological questions. They're yearning to know that maybe they would be loved too. Maybe there would be forgiveness for them too. Maybe there would be hope too. Maybe there would be, uh, if I knew how to pray, could you pray with me? I know you're thinking this is crazy. That's just because you've never done it before. I'm letting you know that this is what happens when you follow Jesus. When you seek the kingdom and love your neighbor, it happens. Let's, let's watch a video. This might give you a little something to... Oh, shoot. That's not a video. Uh, it's an illustration, though. All right. Imagine that's your neighborhood, right? This is West, West, uh, West Lake. Imagine that cross is this beautiful uh, property and the building, the church. But we know the church building is not really the church, right? I mean, we call it a church, but it's not the church. Who's the church? That's right. You're the church. And so while some of you are here often, nobody actually lives here, right? Well, maybe one of the pastors. Do you guys like take turns? No, you're not even you. So we all have a place where, so what if we dropped into mapping software all the addresses of where St. Paul Church actually is? Boom. Now you can see the actual footprint. It's not just a, a, a fraction of us getting together on Saturday night or Sunday morning, but it's all of us being distributed out there. We come together here to receive. We go out there to freely give. And what if we did? Well, you want to see the impact of your church on this community? If all we do is start to do the one thing Jesus gave us to do, seek the kingdom and love your neighbor, bam. This neighborhood would never be the same. Your neighborhood would never be the same again. Never be the same again. Real people. Real readiness. Being offered real love. For folks who already have it in abundance. Yeah. Want to see the video now? Okay, here we go. 
love your neighbor because it works share some food share some laughs share some stories do it more than once and you'll start seeing strangers turn into neighbors neighbors turn into friends and I know it sounds crazy but those friends will start to turn into extended family and like one of the older folks in the first service said, I, I can tell that's a Lutheran video. I said, really, how's that? Well, they started with a potluck. <laughs> this is right in our wheelhouse, friends. It's just we need to do it out there in addition to in here, right? And then there is last, one last thing, and that is spur one another on. It's really easy for us to get excited when we're together, and then we go home and take a deep breath, and thankfully the urge passes. But that's not what good training is about. It's not about just the information, get us excited, but getting up off our, come on, come on. And being able to go out and start to put this into play. And what we have found that when we come back and we're together as a family around the dinner table or we come together as a, a church family around a group or a rehearsal or a study or a, you know, whatever, or a committee, that we take 10 minutes, that we call take 10 conversations, take 10 minutes. And just say, hey, what did you see today? What did the Father prepare in advance? What was the good you were able to do? Who did you get to talk to? Who did you get to encourage? Who did, you, who did you notice? How to go loving your neighbor today? I see a lot of students in the congregation today. Uh, I know that we're almost at the end of the school year, but a, a simple but great way to put this into practice is tomorrow at lunchtime, look for someone who's sitting by themselves and offer to sit with them. You can do the same thing at work. They may not be literally by themselves, but you know how some folks are just kind of pushed to the side. How would you like to live a life that way? Come alongside them. Buy them a cup of coffee. 
in your neighborhood. Maybe it's time for us to, to do that. But we need to, a little help from our friends. And if I go home and I do that and I come back here and nobody cares, well, the likelihood of me doing it again next week has just gone down a little bit and the next week a little bit lower. But if you and I, as often as we gather together, we're excited to find out, hey, Jesus is on the loose out there. What did you see? Who'd you talk to? What were you able to do? And of course, he gets all the, all the credit because he's the one that set it up. <laughs> he just dropped in your lap. You just finally were looking. <laughs> yeah. And this could be a really good year for Westlake and beyond. If you and I can spur each other on to seek the kingdom, live with that anticipation and awareness, open your eyes and look, and then love your neighbor, step in, step alongside the lost, the least, the last, Bring a little joy, bring a little laughter, bring a little of what you got in abundance. And then come back together and tell the stories. Just take a few minutes. But you'll see that this goes from something I've never done before to something, oh yeah, Jesus is a busy fella. And we'll have stories of how we've joined him. Not only will that do you a lot of good, it'll do this community that needs us so badly a lot of good. Will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the great privilege and gift of your Son in our lives, his love, his forgiveness, his redemption, his spirit, enabling us now to will and act according to your purpose. Help us indeed to get up off our chairs, having received from you, worshiped you, studied you, so that we now go out and follow you for the good of those that you bring across our path, where we live, work, play, go to school. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege. Here we are. Here we go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.